today we're going to go someplace hard. And I told our guests, I'm like, I have to kind of get my, my heart and my brain around where we're going today because it's a hard place. And my guest is Rosie McKinney. Let me tell you what she does, and then maybe that'll give you a hint as to the hard place we're going to today. Rosie's a LifeWay author. She's an international speaker, and she's host of a podcast called Fight for Love. And she's also the head of a ministry called Fight for Love that equips women with the faith and the facts to take back their relationships from porn. Let me tell you why I'm having Rosie on today. I get more messages from women every single week on this issue than any other issue. So if porn has at all affected your life, your home, your relationships, this episode is for you. One reminder before we dig in today, group coaching is open. I already have half of my first group filled. So Get in now if you want in this next session that starts the beginning of April. Go to comparedo.me and look for the coaching tab for more info. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Rosie, thank you for being on the show today to help us tackle this. Oh, Heather, it's my, it's my absolute pleasure to come and hopefully give your audience a bit of truth and a bit of hope. Absolutely. And they're going to enjoy your accent because oh. it's fabulous. <laughs> and if they could see you, if they're watching the video, they could also see how awesomely coordinated you are. She has on fabulous earrings <laughs> and a fabulous, is that, is that leopard or cheetah? I don't, I don't I'm know. not, I'm not good with my animal. My, I'm bringing my A game identification, <laughs> but yes. And she matches this like gorgeous <laughs> picture and her background. It's so coordinated. So you have to go to YouTube and see if you can find the video so you can see Rosie. Um, but hearing her is just a delight as well. And Rosie, oh, you go to hard places like every single day with lots and lots of women. Since I met you last year, it's been like my go-to, hey, just go to fight for love. Hey, just go to fight for love. Hey, go check out fight for love. They're going to have more for you than I do. Like that's, I'm just like my funnel. <laughs> I should just awesome. have like an auto reply, like go to fight for love. Um, no, I, I wouldn't auto reply because I respond to everyone <laughs> personally, but Ah, oh, Rosie, this is hard. This is hard stuff. So let's start off. Why do you go here? Why do you do this? What's your story? Well, it is hard, but it's harder when we don't talk about it. That's so true. Too. Actually, talking about it brings so much light into this dark, dark place. And when I'm talking to women in person, and I was at a conference at the weekend, so I do my 
talk and then the women line up to basically vomit out their stories of pain and rejection. And they, yeah. they come up to me and they're just looking crestfallen and beaten down and heavy. And then we chat and I give them some hope and I give them resources and I give them first baby steps that they need to take and they go away lighter. So I'm so grateful that. to you, Heather, for, you know, being brave and having this conversation, um, being willing to bring this information to your audience, because the, the hardest thing is feeling that you are alone and that there is no Absolutely. hope. And it's not true at all. Right. There are hundreds of thousands of women dealing with this. And now there are hundreds of women dealing with this together in an effective right. way. And it's it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. We can actually start taking background. Right. Hey, you know what? I asked you a question, but I'm going to interrupt you before you answer that question, because I think what you just said there was so important because when this happens, when you first find out, you first find it on his computer, you find it on his phone, you know, or whatever, however you find out. I, I think the first, the first problem you face is who do I tell? Who can I talk to? You know, you can't, I mean, you don't call your parents. <laughs> Right. Right. A lot of, you don't call your friends. You you feel awkward. You can't bring it up in your church, small group. Right. Uh, So what do you do? Who do you tell? So I think just even being there at that, you know, as, as a resource for that point is so important, but go ahead and tell us. So how, how did this all start for you? I I will, but if I'm just going to excuse me, (laughs) piggyback on that point, because quite often half the problem about us coming forward and telling anybody is that we don't really believe that we have any right to come forward somehow Mm. we're overreacting Hmm. like although we feel absolutely devastated and shocked Mm -hmm. the world is telling us everybody's doing this it's no big deal the problem is actually your problem with it right just get just get over yourself yeah um so half the battle is actually being validated that when we discover that our beloved are actually you know, fantasizing and arousing themselves to other people, it affects our brains in the same way Mm. as if they were having a real physical Mm. sexual encounter with somebody else. Our brains do not differentiate. And so once you get that, you go, oh, that's why I'm absolutely devastated. I do have cause to bring this up and it is something that needs to be addressed. Um, so I just want to put that out there and say, you're not overreacting Be- because it's unfair. We'll have you introduce yourself at the end of the show, Rosie. Let's just keep going <laughs> <laughs> because it's unfaithfulness, right? Like that's how, that's it's how, how our, it's you how our brains, it. it's how our brains react. And let me tell you this, Heather, cause I found this out not too long ago and it blew my mind. Um, it was a chap who was an expert in attachment theory. And he said mm-hmm. that when there's a rupture in mm-hmm. our primary in our relationship with our primary attachment figure, mm. i.e. our spouse, mm. our brain registers that as a primal survival threat. Mm. And that makes wow. sense. That wow. makes total sense. So right. our brains are registering it as unfaithfulness. His body right. and brain is responding as though he was actually having sex right. with somebody else. Right. So where it says in the Bible, you know, I say to you, if you look with lust um, at a woman, you have committed adultery in your heart. It's like the Bible was there telling us mm-hmm. why this is bad for us. It's because right. his brain's reacting as though he is being, unf- you know, technically unfaithful and her brain right. is. So, you know, the, the stuff in the Bible is not there to spoil our fun. It's there mm-hmm. to protect us 
You know, Absolutely. it's just like, why don't we just read it and listen to it and obey it? You know, we, right. call, we stop ourselves so <laughs> much, so many, so many problems. Um, right. Wow. So I've completely yeah. not answered your question at well, all, that, Heather. That, that's okay. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. I think I can have the self-discipline to back up. Okay. Tell us, tell us how you got started and then I'll okay. just jump in with all my questions. Okay. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the, 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 sh- the shortened version. Okay, so my story is split over two parts and actually over two relationships, one mm-hmm. before becoming a Christian and one afterwards. So all throughout my 20s, um, I was trying to make my life happen the way I wanted mm-hmm. and I almost got there. So I was, you know, I'd almost got my fairy tale and I got mm-hmm. my very, you know, great job great social life I got a very handsome successful respected boyfriend but underneath it was rotten and it was really rotten and I couldn't quite put my finger on it I'm like why why can't we get married and finish off this fairy tale what is it he seems dissatisfied he seems distant I can't rid myself of the feeling that he's being deceptive I don't Mm -hmm. think he's having an affair but my spidey sense is going off as though he is Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't a Christian yet, we were having a, you know, a sexual relationship and things were just a bit weird. Mm-hmm. You know, I was no expert. However, I'm thinking, I don't think that's normal. I think that's yeah. dysfunction. And then when I stumble upon these accounts on his computer and the websites that he's been on, I'm like, oh, uh, you know, the penny started to drop and I started to connect the dots. And mm-hmm. I think, I think this is all related. So I confront him. Unfortunately, like many, many women, I get the response of anger and, you know, you shouldn't have been looking. Mm. Everybody does this. It's no big mm. deal. What's your problem with it? You know, get over yourself. But you, you can't get over yourself mm-hmm. because your brain's been traumatized and it feels like they are being unfaithful and things get weirder and weirder. And now I don't want to do what the world tells me, which is to compete with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do what I'm hearing you know, maybe the church says, which is you just need to have more sex with him or you just Mm -hmm. need to be more forgiving or more graceful. Mm -hmm. Nothing is working. And the whole thing just gets worse and worse and worse. It's, it's just the most lonely, painful, confusing, devastating experience Mm -hmm. and nothing you do makes any difference. And everything Mm -hmm. seems to be getting worse and it it all fell apart. But then I become a Christian So everything's going to change, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I meet the the lovely guy who's going to be my husband. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have that conversation, don't you, Heather? Like, what Mm -hmm. happened in your last relationship? Mm -hmm. So I tell him, and he goes a little bit quiet, Uh um, and then confesses that this has been a problem for him in the past. Mm -hmm. He sought help for it, but he needed to tell me. Um, And so in my naivety, I'm like, well, he obviously doesn't want this. He doesn't Mm -hmm. want to be doing this. He sought help. This is not going to be a problem. So we go ahead and we get married. But very soon, like honeymoon soon, it's very apparent that the invisible enemy that I was fighting in the previous relationship was very much here mm-hmm. with us. And it was like Jekyll and Hyde. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, he says he loves me. And yet he's so angry and critical and resentful. And I don't measure up. and I'm not this. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. And I just had what I now know is sort of trauma reaction. I went, no enough I cannot Mm. do this I cannot go around this crazy merry-go-round again because I know Mm. how it ends so I gave him an ultimatum you know you can have me or you can have the pornography but you can't have both Mm -hmm. and I meant it 
mm-hmm. even though I'd just given up everything mm-hmm. to move to America to my new husband, even my name, you know, everything I'd mm-hmm. given up um, to, to be with him. I was willing to go. I, I don't care. I am not doing this again mm-hmm. because I cannot put myself through that. But luckily he was ready. He was ready to get help. Mm-hmm. And so we, we got into recovery. So we've had a strange trajectory. Normally you start in the honeymoon period and then it might come down a bit. We started rock bottom mm-hmm. and we had to work really hard, but we did. And yeah. we, we found, we found areas of brokenness that we didn't even know need healing mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. of us. And it's been a crazy journey. And then we've just wanted to go out and share with other people and pull other people out of the shadows and that's how it all started. Um, but my particular ministry, Fight for Love, is encouraging women to do what I did inadvertently, which was early intervention. Mm. As soon as you realize that this is an issue, instead of yeah. crisis management. But I didn't do that because I knew what I was doing, because I had great self-esteem. It's only because I'd already learned everything the hard way mm-hmm. in the previous relationship. Mm. And I don't want women to learn things the hard way anymore. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know this is a story. I, I know people are listening or watching right now and they're like, yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. Did that. Yep. I've had that experience. I've had that feeling like this is so common. And I feel like for Christian men, it's interesting that you felt like, you know, it wasn't what your husband wanted. And I feel like that's, that's true. Not, not across the board. Right. But I feel like there's a lot of Christian men that just feel stuck. And I think just conversations I've had with my husband, because this is part of our story as well. He thought getting married was going to fix it. You know, so I think there's a lot of Christian men that believe, okay, if I can just get married, do things God's way, you know, then I'll be free and I won't struggle anymore. And I think instead what happens is the enemy comes in with that temptation, like even harder than ever before, once you're married. Um, And so like, it's, there's a little bit of naivety involved for them. And also for us, like, you know, and and I've been, oh, you said the church's answer. I mean, I love the church, love, love, love the church, but I was at a Christian conference before I was married. And I remember from the stage, someone saying something like, you know, you just need to put a padlock on the fridge so you can have, uh, you know, a better body. So your husband will want to be with you. And (sighs) And at the time I didn't, I wasn't married then. This is a conference I attended as a single, but like those messages got in there. And, you know, most of my audience is struggling with body image at some point. And so the intersection between like body image issues and this, uh oh, my husband's porn problem is related to the fact that I'm not hot enough. Like, ah, it creates all kinds of explosion. And you and I talked about this on your show. So I'm going to link that in the show notes. So go back and listen because. Because Rosie and I had a great conversation about body images that particularly relates to, to this issue. Um, so, so listen to that show. But today, I'm just kind of hoping, Rosie, you can help us. Like, okay, let's, let's start with the woman that, you know, has just found out. Yeah. Can you give her some hope? Absolutely. Um, first of all, validate that everything that you're feeling is totally normal and totally Mm -hmm. valid. You are not overreacting. And Mm -hmm. I can't stress that enough because it takes us so long to come out of that numbness and shock Mm -hmm. um, and start to take effective action. And and it's at this critical point where you're either going to go one of three ways. You're either going to start to try and compete with it Mm -hmm. 
because uh, you've been told that somehow you are not that not that you caused it, but that you are capable of controlling his temptations. Mm-hmm. Like somehow marital sex and this isolated voyeuristic experience of arousing yourself to images of other women or whatever are interchangeable. And they're mm-hmm. totally not. It's mm-hmm. like one analogy that I find helpful to explain it is um, gambling addiction because mm-hmm. both pornography addiction and gambling addiction are process addictions. And we sort of, we understand that if your husband was addicted to gambling, you wouldn't try and cure him by going, here you are, darling, here's a suitcase full of cash. <laughs> you don't need to win it. Here it is. I've got it. They go, no, that's not going to do it. We know that because it's about right. the thrill. It's about the ritual. It's about those happy chemicals that are released when you think you're going to win. Right. It's the excitement. And it's the same with pornography. It's not the actual act, um, which is why they can watch stuff that absolutely disgusts them when they mm-hmm. come back in their right minds. It's not right. that. It's the chemicals that their brains are producing when they're watching it because our bodies are responding as though they're having sex. It's how we're biologically mm-hmm. wired. And it's why pornography is so dangerous because it hijacks our God-given reward center that rewards Mm. behaviors that further our survival like eating and having Mm. sex those are Mm. good things when they're done the right way in balance but they can be hijacked Mm. um but but pornography is not just like sexual junk food Mm. it's actually poison because it's Mm. it's affecting the way he's looking at you and this is where going back to your question about what do you say to that woman who's just discovered just want to validate your instinct this is why he has been treating you the way that he has and how you've been having these feelings of rejection it's not Mm. your imagination they've done studies that proven the more pornography they consume the more they have to be thinking about it to maintain their arousal Mm. so this is why when we're with them we're going where are you you're not here with me it's not about this intimate Mm. emotional experience it's it's just about being used and we sense that so I would say my hope is like a porn-free marriage is possible and it is possible for your husband's brain to to heal Mm -hmm. so that this pornographic lens that has somehow you know infected his eye that he is now viewing the world through can be taken away he can see you again as you know the beautiful creation that god created you are uniquely and perfectly created for him and he will be able to appreciate that because he'll be able to see you without this pornographic lens which is just destroying the way he looks at you destroys the way he looks at everybody and everything and is also making him depressed and and dissatisfied Mm -hmm. and fed up and angry and critical and distant and deceptive and all those things and also dumb here's the other one that blew my mind is there's a condition called hypofrontality which is what you get in two ways one is a head-on collision and Mm. second is heavy porn use Mm. it shrinks your brain heather it shrinks Mm. the gray matter and impairs the connectivity in your prefrontal cortex which is where we make our decisions so even though you say to your husband like this is devastating me you're Mm. going to lose your job you're going to crash the car you're Mm. going to lose your family you need to stop this Mm. their brain is so hijacked and they're not thinking straight that they go Oh, just one more time. Mm-hmm. Just one more time, and then I'll really quit. Yeah. And then something bad happens, and they need to 
this is their coping mechanism. It's not, it's not something that's consciously in their Mm. control for the cravings acting out. Yes, they do have control over that, but the cravings and that that Mm. strong, overwhelming hijacking urge is now become wired into their brain so that whenever they face something uncomfortable, that's where their brain goes. That's, that's how I solve the pain. I'm going to go to pornography. And quite yeah. often this started, this wiring, this hijacking started when they were teens mm-hmm. or, children. or younger. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So all that can be reversed and it's worth fighting for, but you have to know how to fight. So you're not going to compete with it. You're not going to right. overlook it. You're not right. going to jump straight to forgiveness and I'm going to unconditionally love him and create an environment whereby he doesn't need to act out. It's like, (laughs) this is a coping mechanism. So unless you're going to remove every single stressor from his life, which is impossible, (laughs) this strategy is not going to work. You, you cannot fix this. You cannot control this. The only thing you can do is set a firm boundary Mm -hmm. and explain that you are now educated and equipped and supported enough to stand firm on this. And you will be. Yeah. So even though his brain is fighting you and, you know, he might be verbally giving you a little bit of what's the word pushback, mm-hmm. you're going to be standing firm because you know what you're talking about and you've got people, sisters standing right behind yeah. you. And hopefully, and many, many, many guys do, they go, you know, they just wave the white flag at that point and go, all right, all right, mm-hmm. I'll go and see that person. I'll go mm-hmm. and see that counselor, whatever, yeah. because they yeah. know that you're serious. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, and I don't know if this is what you've found, but I think this is true from just people I've worked with in ministry, that conversation, that white flag raving is probably not going to happen when you confront him. That's going to be the next morning or a couple days later, because I mean, just think about human nature. None of us, when confronted, we're like, oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) You know, like that's, that's just, especially if it comes out of the blue, (laughs) it's not, it's not going to happen when you confront him. So I think when, you know, if you're listening, watching, when you hear that, if your response that you get, isn't that immediately that white flag immediately, Hey, just know that's, that's maybe an unrealistic expectation. You got to give it a couple of days. <laughs> that's a great point, Heather. Um, a, B, and that, that's, the, that's a good reason why we recommend that you hold off on that conversation for a little while mm. and you educate yourself in the meanwhile, um, just to give you the confidence and resolve, like, you know what you're talking about. Don't give yeah. me that flannel. I know, you know, that's <laughs> just your crazy brain talking. Like, yeah. no, that's not true. Um, and also the support so that, you hear all the other stories of exactly mm-hmm. what you've talked about. Like, yeah, he gave me pushback and he gave me grief and he made me feel really. There's the thing with boundaries. If you do them and you get pushback, it's more confirmation that the boundary was needed in the first place. Right. Um, and, and the other point I wanted to say about that was there's a huge spectrum of guys and a huge spectrum of relationships. So you've got some right. guys who are desperate to give this up and have been waiting for a moment like this, like, yeah. I didn't know how hoping to, bring to this find up. out. Yeah. yeah like, they, found th- out. yeah. they were thinking like, if she finds out she's going to leave me and I can't, I can't have that. I, you know, that was my worst fear. But if you come to him with, you know, grace and truth, like this is destroying us, it's destroying you and it's destroying me. We're going mm-hmm. to deal with, we're going to deal with this together. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. I know you didn't mean to get your brain hijacked and I appreciate that. And we're going to work together. But then on the other end, you've got highly abusive men. Some are even narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's, it's 
there are many, many resources that you may need to mm. access if you're in a highly abusive relationship before you can even put this boundary yeah. in. And maybe, well, and that's why that's why we don't try and do all the advice giving or the healing. We actually mm. point you towards the ministries who are going yeah. to help you in your particular situation. Yeah. Because, you know, I always say that learning about pornography is not going to make the situation worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because now you're aware that there is this venomous, venomous snake of porn slithering around your house. But mm-hmm. the truth was the snake was always there. Yeah. However, I can't, you know, what I can guarantee is that uh, you getting into recovery, whether or not he comes with you, is going to change your life. Yeah. And maybe your miracle is going to come in the form of strength and clarity and wisdom to remove yourself and your children to mm-hmm. safety. Mm-hmm. Um, Because there's no there's no guarantee that you setting a boundary, it's going to give you your happy ending and Mm -hmm. get him online. Many, many cases it does. And it's certainly worth fighting for Mm -hmm. um, and and doing it effectively because many women don't. They just go straight to divorce. It's like Mm -hmm. they've been fighting this on their own for 10 years, trying to be graceful, trying to have more sex, trying to do this, that and the other. And then they're just exhausted and done. And they're like, I'm done. And I'm saying, well. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I, I have gotten, I I couldn't even count how many emails from women whose husbands have told them, if you would just go get implants, Mm. if you would get a boob job, then I would want to have more sex with you. And then that would fix my porn problem. Or if you would just lose this amount of weight, I mean, like those two things, but the boob job, especially. And every time I hear that, I'm like, Oh, sirens going off. Okay. He's looking at porn do you know he's looking at porn? I'm pretty sure he's looking at porn. Have you had a conversation about porn? If, if he's pushing you to that, there is something behind that. And so I just, you know, you said this a couple of minutes ago, but to reiterate you changing your body, even if it's the way he's directing you to change your body, if he's telling you this would fix it, that is not going to fix it. (laughs) So it's, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's really important to, yeah. Emphasize, it's not about you. No. This and, is and, not the wife's problem, the girlfriend's problem. This is not about her. No. <laughs> I mean, it is and a problem for her, but it's not about her. <laughs> here's, here's a bit of interesting science for you that I don't normally talk about, but I think for your audience, it would be really, really helpful. And it's why internet pornography is so particularly damaging mm. as opposed to magazines. Mm. And the reason it's damaging is something called the Coolidge effect, which is why what... Okay, let me take you back. So the way that they they discovered this Coolidge effect is they had took a ram and they introduced him to a sheep. So the ram mates with the sheep. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, he might do it again. And then eventually he just gets bored and he's like, you know, fed up. <laughs> so they introduce another sheep. So the ram goes, huh, new sheep and gets back on with it. Another sheep. And they can keep, you know, as long as they keep introducing new sheep, the mm-hmm. ram will keep um, trying to mate with them. That didn't happen when he just had the one sheep. So what happens in our brains is that um, there's an off switch when we um, reproduce, when we have sex with our partner is what enables us to get out of the bedroom and back on with life. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are meant to like be satisfied and be able Mm -hmm. to get back on with life. But when a new partner is introduced virtually or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, like in pornography, our brains go, another partner you know, and the happy chemicals come again. And so when people are watching pornography and they're not just watching one scene, mm. there's like multiple tabs up there. Mm. They're flicking back and forth, back and forth, mm. you know, from scenario to scenario to scenario, multiple people, this, that, the other. Um, and their brains are just being flooded with, mm. 
you know, these crazy um, uh, levels of chemicals that they were never designed to. Um, and there's no off switch. Mm. There's no off switch. So this is how people end up binging for days. And all that to say, how is one woman, no matter what your implants are like, ever going to compete with the fact that there is an endless supply right. of novel women for your brain to get high on? It's right. just not possible. And even porn stars, or porn performers, mm-hmm. shall I call them, um, <clears throat> have come forward and said, I cannot keep my partner from watching pornography. Yeah. Like these are the women who actually look like the women in pornography yeah. and do yeah. what the women in pornography can do. And even they can't keep interest. So it's really not about you at all. Yeah. And actually, do you want him to be viewing you through that pornographic lens? Right. Or do you want to be wanted and desired for you? Right. Right. Which, which I think that's a, that's an underlying issue for a lot of us that struggle with body image issues is objectifying ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we objectify ourselves and then compare ourselves to these women that have set themselves up to be objectified or, you know, I mean, chosen that career path, (laughs) let's put it that way. Or or I don't think they've chosen to be honest. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's hard. They're exploited. Yeah. They're exploited. And, and so, but when we objectify ourselves and then compare ourselves to women who are objectified, it, it dehumanizes us. Right. And, and then what we're looking for from a partner is that kind of objectification response. And our partners are like, what? Like, I know you, like, I can't object, you know, hopefully a healthy partner (laughs) is not trying to objectify you anymore. And yet we're like, but wait, why aren't you like drooling and gaping as I'm, you know, so it's a, it's an interesting, um, interesting dynamic. I think for those of us who really struggle with body image issues, because there's a little part of us that, that wants that and it's yicky, but we kind of want it. So yeah, that's so, but, but porn's not really about porn. No. What's it about? Porn is, um, it's not the problem. It's the solution to this deeper underlying problem, which is an intimacy disorder. As I mentioned before, it's a coping mechanism. It's mm-hmm. become like their emotional pacifier. So whenever they're dealing with anything, they go, oh, I know what can make me happy or I can take, a, not even make me happy, but take the pain away. Right. So it's how I cope. Um, so you cannot expect them to just give it up because you say so because it it upsets me because it is their coping mechanism they Mm -hmm. actually have to learn to replace it with something healthy which is true authentic intimate relationships with other guys where they actually reveal who they are and reveal everything they've done past present going forward but also not just you know oh I I looked at this site and but actually I was resentful you know Mm. about my wife I really hate Mm. my children right now I Mm want to kill my boss you have to get to the root of everything that's driving these horrible, you know, shameful feelings that you can't, you don't know what to do with and get it out in the open and have other people go, yep, I hear you. Uh, mm-hmm. I totally understand. I still love you. You know, we're here for you. Thanks for sharing. And yeah. that takes away a lot of the energy and the sting and enables you to make healthy decisions. Like I know my brain is screaming, like, let's look at porn. This is going to take away the pain, but now I feel like I have the strength because mm-hmm. I've, I've just talked to people and I've just confessed right. what's really going on and I'm walking in the light and now I have the strength to actually turn away and turn off. Um, and it, it's beautiful because it's that biblical principle of 1 John 1, 7, walk in the light, 
mm-hmm. as he is in the light. And yeah. then you have fellowship. You have to walk in the light. And by walking in the light, that becomes your coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Just right. revealing who you really are and being loved for who you really are takes the pain, yeah. you know, away in a way that you don't need to rely on these artificial, destructive substitutes. Right. Right. So, so really women who totally understandable, no judgment are like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to get a boob job because that will make him love me. Mm-hmm. I totally understand where that's coming from, but actually it's kind of getting in the way of actually him healing, mm-hmm. you know, right. may I dare I use the word enabling, you right. know, yeah. but, it, but it is yeah. um, because if you really do want the best for him, you have to understand that he is in bondage mm-hmm. to this highly destructive coping mechanism yeah. and he needs your boundaries to get out because yeah. in marriage to become one and you are now the thinking part of his brain <laughs> because his is no longer right. working right. and you have to make the healthy decision. Like yeah. we need help. I know you've right. tried, you've tried a million times to give this up and it's not working. So what we now need to do is get you to walk in the light and yeah. I need to walk in the light and I need to tell you exactly how this has been affecting me, how it's affected my sexual identity. Um, you know, how it's affected many, many things in my yeah. life. Things like physical symptoms, insomnia, gastrointestinal, all these mm-hmm. other things that suddenly when the porn starts being taken care of, we go, oh, my goodness, I really have been traumatized for years mm. and years and years trying to fix this. Right. Um, so. No to the boob job. Yes to the boundaries. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. would like to kind of jump in and I, we haven't actually had a conversation about what you, you all recommend as a ministry or what you would recommend, but I do like to tell women, it's not possible to be his personal Holy spirit. So boundaries. Yeah. You, you set your boundaries. And then also I think boundaries in terms of what you have on screens, like all of that's very important. But I remember early in our struggle with this, I was like, I didn't want to leave the house because then I could make sure, you know, um, or like, I didn't want to go away for the weekend because, you know, uh oh, that's an opportunity. And, and I thought by just making sure that he couldn't access it, (laughs) then that would fix it. But that wasn't the problem. As you've explained, the problem is deeper than that. So I just kind of want to put that out there. Like, don't mistake boundaries for, and and that you're the thinking part of his brain for, okay, now I just need to follow him around. No, <laughs> really sure good point. Really good point. And, and I'm glad you, you raised that um, because your job is not to fix him or mm-hmm. try and control him. Your job is to get him to someone who can. Yeah. So that is your role. You, you are the catalyst in this relationship who's saying, yeah. I'm no longer going to ignore this issue. The, the boundaries are, I am no longer ignoring this issue mm-hmm. or enabling it. We are, we are going to deal with this and we need help. We need outside yeah. help. We need to walk in the light about this. And if you are unwilling or unable to do that, I'm going to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And you can get into recovery on your own and you will find clarity, wisdom, healing, um, incredible relationships with other women and your life can change. I cannot guarantee which way your marriage is going to go. I'm hoping and I'm praying that it will be restored and, and 
not even restored, but totally transformed because you don't just get your old marriage back minus the pornography. I mean, who wants that anyway? Pretty dysfunctional. (laughs) You know, we weren't really authentic. We weren't really sharing. Yeah. Um, Because you're both forced to walk in the light and you learn those recovery skills, you get a really incredible marriage that you always wanted. Amen. And it's beautiful. And then when you, you know, you're healed and his brain is drained from you know, the the crazy chemicals and he's become more sober from sex and his ability to be aroused by you, a real person that he Mm -hmm. really does love, your sex life is going to be totally different, Mm -hmm. totally different and so much better. And, and, you know, playful, who who could ever dream that your sex life could be playful Mm -hmm. after all the rubbish and pain and hurt and trauma that's gone on in there. But I'm telling you, it is possible. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And my brain's going a couple different directions. Okay. Let me go this one first. I've had some women, young women who were dating a boy and they found out about pornography or engaged to someone and found out about pornography. And I haven't really known how to respond to them perfectly because in a way it's like, yeah, you know, don't break up with him thinking that the next guy you date is not going to have this problem necessarily. Okay. So see, see how, what you can do with the one you're with. Um, but no, it's going to be a big issue. It's not going to be fixed when you get married. What, what do you say? Do you say straight up, Hey, don't take that relationship any further until you fix the porn problem. Or Uh, or how how would you respond to that? No, that's a really good question because, and I've seen a lot of people when this issue comes up on, you know, social media, they're going run, run away. And just like you said, it's like, "Mm, not sure how that strategy is going to play out, you know, with our current statistics. Yeah. And the fact that you would be lucky if you weren't dealing with this problem on some level. Um, A, I'd say you found out about it. That's a, you know, that's a win. Okay. Mm -hmm. You now have a firm foundation you know it's a problem you don't have to wait 10 20 years into marriage to suddenly realize you're not going to be blindsided Two, take it seriously three educate yourself read the book you know listen to the podcasts um you know yes it is really sad that we have to deal with this before we get married but that's the reality of living in this fallen fallen world at the moment um but you are in such a strong position you have you know, if we're talking about bargaining power, you have it all at this point, you know, your boundaries are really effective. And if, you know, if he wants to marry you, then he's going to have to get some solid recovery under his belt. And there are ministries out there. There's one amazing one called husband material, Mm. and they deal with this demographic. And the whole thing is let's get this issue, you know, uh, under control and sorted so that you can both walk down the aisle truly knowing who the other person is um, with the skills that are going to set you up for an incredible marriage because let's face it you're going to have to learn these skills in marriage anyway right you know (laughs) there's no way around it there's good you know if anybody throws you a party like a bridal shower a baby shower okay red flags it's going to be hard work that's my (laughs) motto for life anybody start throwing gifts at you. you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, you're going to have some work to do because people are trying to soften this blow. So, funny. so if you can do this work before getting married, not just, you know, oh, we'll go to premarital, it'll be fine. It'll be like, no, 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 no. Hmm. You need to call in the big guns and get some professionals yeah. to help him sort out his 
you know, lack of a healthy coping mechanism, but also you're going to need to be strengthened um, and supported to know what is the healthy boundaries and be, uh, you are going to have to be strengthened with your self-esteem so that you're not going to go down those routes of, well, maybe if I try harder, maybe if I forgive, maybe if I'm more graceful, you have to be really, really clear on what is the effective way to hold the line on this, yeah. on this issue. So I, I sort of, it, it is heartbreaking and we have many, many women in our support group who are dating, but on some level I'm rejoicing because I'm like, mm-hmm. either you're going to, now you understand what you're dealing with. Either you're going to sort this out before you walk down the aisle or it's going to end and you're not yeah. going to walk down the aisle and get blindsided by this in the future. So it's kind of a win-win Great. if you find out beforehand, yeah. but it, it does, you know, it, we all want the Cinderella ending. Right. Well, you know, and as you were talking about Cinderella, like a lot of the women I coach when this has been an issue as part of everything, you know, talk about just the reality of having to grieve Mm -hmm. because I think most of us assume when we get married, when we found the one that he's going to think we are just, it's Cinderella, right? He's going to think we are the fairy princess. And, oh, you know, if I'm, if I look good enough, he'd never be tempted to look elsewhere. And, you know, it's, we're looking for the happy ending and boy, the discovery of porn sure does (laughs) rip that dream away. And so kind of stopping, and I'm not sure, you know, what exactly you'd recommend in this, but stopping to grieve, like stopping to allow yourself to go through those five stages of grief, to be angry, you know, to, you know, just to feel it right. To not numb yourself, but to feel it and process it as, as a loss. It's a death of your dream marriage. It doesn't mean like you said that you can't, you know, that God can't restore that, right? God's in the business of raising the dead to life. (laughs) So, so he has the power to resurrect it, but you, it's okay to grieve the death. I know that Mary and Martha were crying when Lazarus was dead. (laughs) So it's okay for you to grieve. And that's so important because, um, it's easy to listen to our message of like, you know, you've got to fight for it and think that you can just shelve all those negative emotions Mm -hmm. and you can't. And that's why the recovery program for women, as recommended by APSATS, which is the Association of Partners of Sex Addict Trauma Specialists, um, who I recommend if you're looking for a therapist, look for someone who's trained through APSATS. Okay. Um, they have three stages. One is safety. So getting yourself to safety, recognizing what's going on. And the second one is remembering and, and mourning. Mm. It's exactly, it's a really important stage. And the third one is rebuilding. Um, but as we were talking about Cinderella, I, I, cause I thought about this cause you know, I really wanted Cinderella. And then I thought, Oh, now we've, we've turned into beauty and the beast and I've, <laughs> and I've married a beast, right. but in my mind, I'm still bell. Mm-hmm. I'm still singing to small animals. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, and he's the one with all the problems. Right. But oh, I then, love where you're going to go. I love, I think I love where you're going to go. go ahead. <laughs> but then I realized that actually I'm not in those films at all. I'm in Shrek mm. and, uh, he's an ogre, but actually I'm an ogre as well. Mm-hmm. And that is marriage, is it yeah. not? Right. <laughs> oh, it's so true. And I mean, I think, you know, porn use is is big for women and men now. So I don't, I don't want to say this in a way that would make any women that are struggling with this issue feel strange. But this was my experience. I felt like because I was the one who didn't use porn, 
that I was the more righteous one mm-hmm. and he had all the problems. And when we went to counseling, I was excited for him to get fixed all of his problems because I didn't have any problems. And my self-righteousness was not helping our marriage any more than <laughs> issues were right and so for me this might be completely frivolous and you can tell me if it's just a really bad idea but for me what I've had to do at certain times is you know the the porn thing was praise God like we got help and and he wanted help he really thought that marriage was going to fix it and my husband wasn't a Christian until he was 27 years old and he was a marine (laughs) so and I I naively thought that someone who was not saved until they were 27 and Marine could somehow have avoided <laughs> ever, ever being in that world. And I was wrong. Um, but, you know, praise God, like he's done an amazing restorative and resurrection, resurrection work for us. And we've been porn free for probably 12 ish years now. If there, as there's been other things where it's like, when it just stop, like, I don't understand, like why you have to do that. Or, and, and so when I'm talking to women about porn, I feel like it relates like having compassion. I mean, yes, boundaries, all the things, right. It's never okay, mm-hmm. but been in order to find a place to have compassion and to give him grace in terms of approaching it with truth. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I use the example of how I feel on those days when I just keep going back for another handful of M&Ms mm-hmm. or cookies, it's a compulsion, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and I can tell myself I shouldn't do that. I know it's not good for me to go back and grab another handful of the kids, you know, candy. Like, I know I shouldn't do that, but I do it anyway. And then I'm kind of sit there like, I shouldn't have done that. I kind of want more. And I go back and I get more. And, and there were times when I'm not completely in control of all of that. Right. Like, at, you know, there's, there's yeah. some moments where it's like, why did I do all that? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's very much like a binge. Um, and, and so kind of been, being able to process it through, through the filter of, yeah, no, I'm not perfect either. God's still got a lot of things he's got to work on me and, you know, and in, in my sanctification is not complete. And I, I don't know. I just feel like that's no, it, it is true. Really- and, and it really helps you have so- have compassion um, and make that switch from sort of adversaries to allies. It doesn't take away the fact of what he's done to you. It doesn't invalidate or negate the pain and the trauma that he's caused you that you were in no way responsible for. Your brokenness did not in any way cause him to do that to you or for his behavior. However, when you do sort of acknowledge that actually I am Fiona and I've got my own stuff, it does help you it just helps you have compassion. It doesn't, it doesn't take away all the pain. It just helps you look at it from a slightly different angle. Um, and, and, and quite often for me anyway, the sort of the inability to do boundaries and stuff Mm -hmm. was a big part of why I just walked past a load of red flags. Mm -hmm. Um, and and some women get totally blindsided and they have no idea this is going on and, and they don't have issues in that respect, but some do. So it was an opportunity for me when we got into recovery to start to unpack some of the stuff. Cause I do remember in those early days of early recovery, I caught myself fantasizing about how the next relationship mm. was going to take away the pain of this one. Mm. And at which point I thought, okay, I have a problem here yeah. because I have been hopping out of relationships into, you know, frying pan fire. Now I'm right. in a Bunsen burner, you know, 
big furnace type. I'm just jumping from one to the next. And now I'm imagining that the next one is going to fix it. Yeah. Now I understand that a lot of that was, you know, unprocessed trauma and stuff. Um, but it did help me start to have compassion and realize that I can fight alongside him. Mm-hmm. We can fight this, right. this thing together. He's not the problem. I'm not the problem. The problem is the pornography. And that's what we're not trying. I'm not trying to get over it in my marriage. I'm trying to get it out of my marriage. Right. And hopefully he can fight alongside me. Um, maybe not at the beginning. Maybe mm-hmm. he's going to be resistant, but I right. am going to fight. And that means walking in the light. Yeah. So it, it is confusing. And, you know, as you say, there's lots of mixed emotions. And, you know, it, you can be angry and hate your husband and yet love him. Right. Be on his team. You can, yeah, you can yeah. be mad at him, but be yeah. on his team for yeah. this fight against a common enemy. The enemy's not your husband. Yeah. I think that's a really good, good reminder. Yeah. And, and also he can it can be confusing why right? he's doing these things for you. And you, there are so many messages that like some people are like, leave him. Some people are like, stay and put mm-hmm. up with it forever. And you're going to be experiencing all these emotions. And that's why it's really good to get yourself in a support group of other women mm-hmm. who get it, who yeah. are experiencing, you know, these bad things that are happening to you and yet they can't stop loving him. And mm-hmm. it, it, I just really recommend that you, yeah. you the, the best way to get clarity and sanity is not to go to the person whose brain has been hijacked and is, is, is <laughs> and insane, but actually to go to those sources of help who have experienced this and know what they're talking about right. first. And then you can go back sort yeah. of when you're, when you're confident and supported and encouraged, you know, braced, braced from maybe a little bit of a battle as you get him sure. to the therapist's office. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then just, you know, kind of to what you were saying earlier, tuning out all of those voices of culture and maybe even people in your life that would tell you it's just normal. Like, what are you making such a big deal over it for? Everyone watches porn. Like, seriously, like, grow up, like, you know, or... I don't loosen up or, or whatever. Totally. And, and, and not knowing that those, those voices, that's not good advice. Either. No. So, good. No. Okay. Well, any last thoughts, hope, encouragement? I mean, I could probably talk to you for another hour on this, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, um, we've hit you with an awful lot of information and it mm-hmm. is overwhelming, but if you can remember you are not alone mm. and there is hope and a first baby step would be, you know, go and check out Heather on our podcast and you can see how we do things over there. And there you will hear stories from many, many women who have walked this path or who are actually walking this path. And I have, you know, I interview women who are doing this in real time and, you know, nothing speaks to you mm-hmm. like, you know, other women actually sharing what's really going on. And right. then you don't feel so alone or so crazy. Right. right. And tell us the website. I'll have it all in the show notes, but just in case someone's just driving and wants to hop over there now. <laughs> the website is fightforloveministries.com and the podcast is Fight for Love. And the book, which is sort of like an idiot's guide to porn addiction or women who are dealing with this, is called Fight for Love. Fight for Love. You're just like the keeping all the branding consistent. I love it. So go to Fight for Love. Or, you know, it's an awkward thing to share. Like, you, Rosie, we have similar, like, I think yeah. social media issues, right? Because, like, people aren't going to, like, be like, yeah, this really helped me and my husband and our porn issues. Like, most people aren't going to do that, <laughs> right? Um, they should, but they're probably not. But, you know, put it out there wherever you can, especially if you're a leader in a church. Like, Rosie's got great stuff for women in your church that need it. So add this to your list of resources or grab the book and keep it in your resource library. Like, these are resources that women you know need 
and may not necessarily find without some help. So um, that's just my encouragement to you. If this isn't for you personally, it's for someone in your life right now. So pass it on. Rosie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Heather. It's always wonderful to chat to you. Hey, friends, if something in today's episode has struck you, I really hope you'll connect with Rosie's ministry, Fight for Love. And in the show notes, you'll also find out information on Covenant Eyes, which is an accountability software that we use in our home. We have it on every single device, computers, iPads. We have it on the phone. You need to check out Covenant Eyes if you don't have any accountability software in your home. This is something you need ASAP. So check out the link for that in the show notes. And hey, if this show is blessing you, there is nothing kinder you can do for me than to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. I would so greatly appreciate that. And don't forget, group coaching is open. So go grab your spot now. As always, I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living better. Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.